Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are previewing the 2023 Zozo Championship, this week's stop on the PGA Tour, and it is the PGA Tour's lone event in the country of Japan. So as the PGA Tour heads to the land of the rising sun, we've got an event with a unique field and a unique format and a unique venue. And so we're going to talk about how we can take advantage of that uniqueness this week in our DFS lineups, in our betting cards, and in our one and done entries, and hopefully give you guys some information that can help you guys win some money this week, no matter what game you're playing with the Zozo Championship. Now, this is an audio only episode. Just had some issues with the setup with the video feed this morning. Um, So if you're listening on the podcast and you normally listen on the podcast, you shouldn't notice any changes. If you normally watch on YouTube and you're now listening to the audio feed, welcome to the podcast. This is how we did the first uh, uh, year of the show pretty much. So either way, um, glad that you guys are here listening. Hopefully we're going to be able to get you guys some good information that's going to help you pick some winners this week. Um, and so let's go ahead and get to it. We're going to start by breaking down the course itself. The Zozo Championship is being played at Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club, which is a mouthful, but apparently it is one of the premier golf courses in the country of Japan. It has hosted this event three times. This is a fairly new event on the PGA Tour starting in 2019. Um, And Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club has hosted the event in 2019, 2021, and 2022. The 2020 event was played at Sherwood Country Club. That was the COVID year. um, And so international travel was kind of a mess that year. And so you ended up seeing some events stateside that were normally international events and this was one of them so if you're looking at um event history do not look at the 2020 edition there's nothing to be gained by looking at that now the strength of field at this event has usually been pretty good because it's been since its inception an invitational no-cut event that generally pays pretty well um so it tends to attract some pretty good golfers to come out into japan and play now granted every event every elevated event on the PGA Tour is going to be like that next year. Um, So it's not super unique now, but this is still a pretty good field. Certainly the best one we have seen here in the fall. It is 78 players and it is no cut, but 66 are what I would consider quote unquote normal PGA Tour players. The last 12 spots are reserved for local Japanese golfers who are getting the chance to compete on the PGA Tour this week. Some of them have played in the event in the past. Um, We're going to talk about a few of them that might be noteworthy to you heading into um, this event. Now, with it being a no cut event, that to me influences construction of DFS lineups. To me, it encourages you to take a little bit more risk because you know you're going to get um, four rounds out of every golfer. There's also not as much stratification between the golfer who's going to score the most fantasy points and the least fantasy points because they're all going to get four rounds. And this is generally not a birdie fest either. Um, The winning score is usually in the realm of minus 15. So really this week, you can take some chances and get unique because there's not as much risk in, in being wrong this week because the floor is going to be not that far from the ceiling. Now, Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club is a short course. It is a par 70, almost 7,100 yards. It is actually a composite course of two courses that are on the property. Um, they basically just picked two nines um, of the 36 holes that are there. And what ended up happening was it ended up being five par threes and three par fives. And a lot of the par fours are just very average length, 400 to 450 yards. Um, And so, you know, with the addition of those two par threes, it just ends up being a fairly short golf course. This is also a course that is not very penal for misses off the tee. And to me, the really 
few defining features are most of the greens are pretty small. There are a few holes that have double green complexes, though. Kind of you think about like um, like at St. Andrews almost where two holes have the same green, but they're not that big. Um, but there are a few double green complexes, but the individual greens that you're hitting into are pretty small. There's a decent amount of elevation change. Um, and for whatever reason, driving distance seems to be pretty correlated here. Guys who drive the ball well tend to end up playing pretty well here, um, which kind of doesn't track with what we know about short courses, but I guess if you're driving the ball well here, there's not a whole lot of disadvantage for missing with the driver, and you are giving yourself some very short approaches into these small greens, so it definitely does give you an advantage if you're hitting a wedge into a small green as opposed to hitting a seven iron into a small green. So my comp courses for Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club, dang, that is a mouthful. Um, the first is Silverado, which is host of the Fortinet Championship, which we just saw a few weeks ago, um, so a little bit of a recent course that you know has um, a little bit of comparison features, you know, there, it's not very penal off, off the tee. It's a shorter course. Um, I, I think some of those features track. And then the other one is going to be Pebble Beach. So Pebble Beach is a very short course and Pebble Beach is a course where you can swing driver pretty much every time. And because the miss off the tee is not very penal and Pebble Beach also has the smallest greens on the PGA tour. So those would be the two comp courses that I would pick. Certainly this one is not as scenic as Pebble Beach in, you know, in my opinion, but, um, the features do kind of track also one thing to note, this event is going to kick off Wednesday night. So make sure that if you're playing DFS or you're submitting bets or whatever, get everything done before Wednesday night. Don't be the person who, you know, wakes up Thursday morning, tries to set a lineup and sees that the event has already started. Um, with the event being in Japan, Wednesday night here is Thursday morning in Japan. What it'll also create is a Saturday night primetime golf on TV. I, I distinctly remember last year watching the final round Saturday night while college football was going on and, and getting tired and not being able to see the, the finish of this event, but I remember it being on the TV. I remember it being available to watch. So just know that it's going to be played at nighttime here in the States. All right, that does it for the course itself. So which of the 78 golfers are we going to target for our lineups this week? Well, let's take a deep dive and find out. The top golfer in the field, in my opinion, and on the DraftKings pricing and on the betting odds, is Xander Shoffley. And it's a guy who has came and played this course every time it's been available for him to play. He's finished 9th, 28th, and 17th. Granted, would we like to see a little bit better finishes out of a guy who has probably been one of the most talented golfers every time he's teed it up here? Yeah, but he's still playing really good golf. He's coming off of the second at the Tour Championship. It's the most recent time he played on Tour. And he is no stranger to playing golf in Japan. He actually won the Olympic gold medal. Um in Tokyo, in the um, Japan Olympics in 2021. So Xander Shoffley, good track record in Japan, um, clearly enjoys playing this course, playing good golf, um, absolutely no um, no bones to pick when it comes to Xander Shoffley. I think he's a great bet. I think he's also a great play in DFS. Kyle Morikawa is second on the board, and I got to be honest, I don't know if this course is necessarily a great fit for him. We talked about how driving distance is a highly correlated stat. Well, Kyle Morikawa is not exactly you know, a long driver of the golf ball. And he is generally an elite iron player, but if all the greens are small and people are missing greens anyway, you know, is he really going to be able to separate himself from the rest of the pack? I don't know. Um, his three finishes here have been 45th, 7th, and 50th. So a little bit of a mixed bag. The 7th is a positive sign, but the other two finishes are not good. Remember, it's a 78-player field. So if you're finishing 45th, you're in the bottom half. It'd be like missing the cut at a regular PGA Tour event. And with Colin Morikow, also the putter is always a concern. You never know what you're going to get with his putter. So if we were to get a week where Colin Morikow shows up and, you know, 
drives it well, hits his irons well, and putts well, yeah, he absolutely has the upside to win this event. If the putter doesn't show up, though, it's probably not going to be a great week for old Colin Morikawa. Sungjae M is in a very interesting spot. So Sungjae is most recent, um, or I'm sorry, not his most recent. His two starts here have been 29th and 41st, which are not great. However, he is in a really good spot right now. He's coming off of a win at the Asian Games, um, meaning you know, South Korea requires all males to do two years of military service. Unless you win a gold medal in the Asian Games or any medal in any Olympic competition. So Sung Jae and Siwoo Kim went over and played in the Asian Games last week and won the team gold medal for South Korea. So they are no longer bound to two years of military service. And just thinking about of like a mental standpoint, it's got to be good for Sung Jae mentally to know he doesn't have a two-year break in his career just looming over him, right? Like he's going to be able to just play out his career how it's intended to go as opposed to taking a two-year break to go serve in the South. Korean military. And also, this is not on really any kind of DraftKings game log or you know, most places you can look it up, but I do believe he won on the Korean tour last week. So you're looking at a guy who is coming off of two wins in Asia, is from South Korea, so clearly he knows the topography decently well. Um, and I think he's in a pretty good spot. So even though his course history is not great, I think this is a pretty good spot for Sung J.M. Ricky Fowler is next up, and he was the runner-up at this event last year. And I got to be honest, this time last year, Ricky Fowler was not on anybody's radar. He was a guy who was getting sponsors' exemptions in the tournaments as opposed to just being in on his own merit. And he hadn't won on tour in about, I think it was three or four years. And now he's in a much better spot. He won at the Rocket Mortgage. He's been great in the majors in 2023. And he's just playing a really good run of golf. Now, he was not good at the Ryder Cup. Um, He basically... Um, it was rumored he had some kind of stomach bug, lost his match on Thursday, was not seen again till Sunday, lost his match on Sunday. So while he was not great there, if you want to just chalk it up to illness, uh, I am kind of okay with that. And look at his runner-up last year and say that, hey, he's in a lot better shape this year than he was last year. I think this is a really good spot for Ricky Fowler to come in. Hideki Matsuyama was runner-up here at this event in 2019 when it was won by Tiger Woods and won this event in 2021. So clearly good course history for Hideki Matsuyama. It's also a home game for Hideki Matsuyama as he is a Japanese native. And with Hideki, I've mentioned this on the podcast numerous times, I swear he has the most withdrawals of any player on the PGA Tour. Is he really going to withdraw from an event that's in his home country and doesn't have a cut? and is pretty much just a guaranteed payday in front of his home crowd. Yeah, I don't think he's going to either. So I think some of the risk that you take in playing or betting Hideki is kind of baked out of this event just because I don't think he's going to withdraw because, I mean, that's kind of one of the big risks with Hideki. So um, I really think this is a good spot for him, great course history, um, and I think he's at a really good price tag uh, on DraftKings considering he's down here below 10 k um, and he's won the event before. Cam Davis is an interesting case study because he is a longer hitter who tends to play well at shorter courses, and he has gotten off to a hot start this calendar year with a 7th place finish at the Shriners and a 3rd place finish at the Fortinet, and he was 29th here last year. He's just a guy who's a really good ball striker. He can really um, drive it well off the tee. He can get hot with his irons, Um, and I just think this is a really good spot for him. When you've got a guy who has a skill set that fits a course, like driving distance fits this course, and tends to play well other courses similar to it, I think that's a really good spot. And so Cam Davis, I think, is definitely a guy that is in play for me in DFS lineups this week, and I think he's a pretty solid bet to win the tournament as well. I'm not interested in the next guy on the board, which is Adam Scott. He has not played this event, and hey, if 
there's something to be said on the PGA Tour about guys that pick their schedules, right? If you routinely year after year after year pick the same event, then that probably means you think you're going to play well there or you enjoy going there or just there's, you know, there's good vibes there, right? If you routinely pick to not play the same event, I don't think that's a good sign. Either you don't think that it fits your game, you don't want to go to the location, whatever reason, it's just not necessarily a good thing. Adam Scott has never played here. And in fact, he hasn't really played a whole lot of golf in the last three months, um, you know, missing the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I just, he's a pass for me. I think there's other courses and other events that would be better fits for Adam Scott down the road. Keegan Bradley is a guy who I think is criminally underpriced on DraftKings. He was last year's winner here who beat out Ricky Fowler um, on that Saturday night slash Sunday morning in the state's finish. And I mean, how often do you get the defending champ at a price tag where he's like the 12th highest priced golfer on the board? Doesn't happen very often. And so I really think this is a good spot for Keegan Bradley. I really have no problem deploying him in DFS, no problem betting him outright either. Um, The course is obviously a good fit for him because he has the win here. He also won at another short golf course, TBC River Highlands, later on um, in the summer. So I definitely think this is a good spot for Keegan Bradley. Minwoo Lee is an interesting one as well. Another event that you will not find on um, the DraftKings game log. Minwoo Lee won on the Asian Tour event last week in Macau. And Minwoo Lee is a guy that just plays golf all over the world, plays on the European Tour, PGA Tour, and, and apparently the Asian Tour as well. So he is no stranger to like any type of golf that he could see. And he's also a guy who drives the golf ball really, really far. And so if that's going to be a big-time advantage this week where his driving distance is going to allow him to have these you know, short little wedge shots in the greens, that's definitely a big advantage because he's generally not a great approach player. So if he is giving himself these shorter shots, he can be better on approach because they're going to be easier shots than what the rest of the field is hitting. So I really do like Minwoo Lee this week. I think he's a great play. Sahit Tagawa is one of the harder guys on the PGA Tour to predict, um, in my opinion. But what we are looking at with him, though, is a guy who um, finished top 10 here last year at this event. Um, He's coming off of a win at the Fortinet Championship, which was one of my comp courses. And I think with Sahith now, we're starting to get a better sample size of what types of courses he plays well at or doesn't play well at. Granted, he's still not super predictable because his game does appear to be super volatile. Like he can, um, you know, gain three strokes off the tee or lose three strokes off the tee. Like you just never know what you're going to get with Sahith. But I think in terms of archetypes of courses, I think he is starting to show that a little bit in his career. And Sahith seems to be better at courses where the big miss off the tee is not penalized a whole lot. And so, you know, the Fortinet Championship, Silverado, that was an example of that. This course, I think, is also an example of that. So I think it's a good course fit for him. He had a good finish last year, and he finally has his first PGA Tour win. So I definitely think the vibes are good for Sahith. He's got a good course fit. I think he's a guy that you can definitely play in DFS or bet outright to win. The last guy I'm going to talk about for this section is going to be Eric Cole. He's at $8,900 on DraftKings. I think he's going to be super popular on DraftKings this week. I think he would be a candidate to be very highly owned. He's had about as good of a start to the season as you can ask for without winning. Um, you know, he's been really good at the Shriners. He was really good at the Fortinet as well. He made the cut at Sanderson Farms. So he's three for three in that regard, and he's been pretty good. Um, and he hasn't been great with the putter in any of those three starts. And he's generally a pretty good putter. So if you do get that good putting week out of Eric Cole, I think that this could be the event that he finally breaks through and gets that win. Um, this is also a good course fit for him. Um, you know, it's basically... 
Um, like Sahit Tagawa, he's better at courses where he can miss it off the tee a little bit. He's not one of the longer hitters on the PGA Tour either. He's also not very accurate off the tee. So this is a course that kind of mitigates, um, you know, some of his weaknesses driving the golf ball. And so if he is able to um, dial it in on approach and, and roll in some putts, this could be a really good week for Eric Cole. Now I'm going to stop this little section there because I think after Eric Cole, I think on the DraftKings board, there's a clear fall off into the next little tier. And when I'm constructing a DFS lineup this week, I think I want to go ahead and get two, if not three guys that are Eric Cole or above, just because I think that those guys are clearly a notch above the rest of the field. Um, and so, yeah, when I'm constructing my lineups this week, I, I'm going to try to find some values that I can definitely squeeze in two or three of these guys above this price point. So just who are going to be those values? Well, let's take a quick breather and then let's find that out. All right, so the first value that I do want to talk about is going to be Vincent Norman with two R's. He did miss the cut last week at the Shriners, which was a little bit of a disappointment, but I think this is a course that fits his game much better. We talked about how driving distance is a highly correlated stat here. Well, Norman drives the crap out of the golf ball, um, and so if you're just thinking in terms of, you know, who has a correlated stat to fit this course, Vincent Norman will be one of them, even though he has not played at this course. Um, so I definitely think there's worse plays in the range than him, um, and if you're banking on driving distance being a good correlation, stat. He's a guy that you've got to put into your lineups. Alex Noren is another guy that I think is going to be popular on DraftKings this week. He has two top 20s here at this event, and he's coming off of a third place finish at the Shriners where he was really good in about every way. Um, and so if he's able to keep that play up, then he can definitely turn in another good finish here at this course, like I said, where he already has two good finishes. Adam Shank is like the opposite of Alex Norton. He's coming off of a missed cut at the Shriners, and I was all over Adam Shank last week. That was when I kind of got wrong. Um, I thought it was a really good spot for him, really good course fit for him, and he just kind of just didn't putt all that well and missed the cut because he didn't roll in enough birdies. However, there's no cut this week. And so the two times he's played here, he's finished 16th and 28th. So I would buy back Adam Shank. You know, I do think this is a decent bounce back spot. Garrett Higo is an interesting one because he just continues to play good golf. And he was a guy that, you know, for basically a year and a half was like almost broken. Like he was almost unplayable in DFS and like unbettable, even though we knew that the guy clearly had the talent to win on the PGA Tour because he did it in the summer of 2021. And I think he's kind of back to the formula that he had back then where he's a very long hitter of the golf ball. And if the course isn't going to punish the big miss a whole lot, then he's going to be able to get away with just swinging that driver wildly every time. Um, and then he's good enough on approach and putting that he can have spike weeks and, and you know, and, you know, kind of catch fire and have good showings when he does that. And so I think he's a very high upside player this week. Um, you know, he's coming in on good recent form and we know that he has the upside to play well here. Taylor Moore is a guy who was 12th here at this event last year. And, you know, speaking of guys who have the capability to get hot, Taylor Moore can get red hot with the putter like he did earlier in the summer when he had top 10s at the Rocket Mortgage and at the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Um, and so, you know, basically, if you play Taylor Moore, you're getting four rounds where you're hoping he can catch fire with the putter for at least one of them. And if he does, he's going to give you good returns. Last year, we don't have the strokes gain breakdown because the PGA Tour doesn't bring all the, the measurings materials out to international events but he was 12th here we don't know if he gained it putting or not but i mean you just you just got a guy who has the capability to get one component of his game absolutely on fire and i don't think there's i think he's a pretty solid play 
Joel Damon is another guy who is sure to be popular on DraftKings. Um, he's coming in on great recent form. He's 7th and 13th in his last two starts. And last week, he actually lost strokes with the putter. Um, anytime you can come in top 10 and you're a negative putter, that means like you're really striking the ball really well. Um, and so if Damon's able to continue that tee to green game, he's going to be a really solid play here. Um, his two appearances here are 16th and 8th, which is like pretty much in line with what his last two finishes on tour have been. Um, and so I think he, you could argue he's a bit of a misprice on DraftKings. And for that reason, I think he's going to be super popular. If you play him, like I don't have any problem playing him, like he's obviously a very good play. Just know that if you play him, he's going to come in at pretty high ownership. Now, the local Japanese guys begin to trickle in at about $7,200 on DraftKings, the first of which is Ryo Hisatsune and Takumi Kanaya, um, both of whom own a top 12 finish here. Kanaya is a guy that we've seen a little more on the PGA Tour. He can be kind of hit or miss. Um, Ryo Hisatsune came over and played the two alternate events this summer at the PGA Tour, played very well at the Barracuda Championship. Um, and then he's also a guy that won on the European Tour recently. Um, I believe it was the French Open that he won. So, um, you've got a lot of upside with those two guys would have no problem playing either of them. Like I said, both of them own a top 12 finish here. So they've played this event, they played this course, um, and they've played it well. So I would have no problem playing Hisatsune or Kanaya, especially considering they're going to be a lot lesser owned than like the Joel Damons and the Taylor Moores that are right around them. Another guy who I think is a sneaky good play here is Cameron Champ. So we talked about driving distance being a correlated stat. Well, he's one of the longest drivers on the PGA Tour. He has two eighth place finishes here at this course, and he's also starting his season red hot. He's got two top 20 finishes here in the fall swing. Um, so you know, Cameron Champ's a guy that, you know, kind of like Gary Higo, was broken for about a year and just a guy that you couldn't play anywhere. And now you've got a guy at a course that he historically plays well at with his game coming back into form. I have no problems playing Cameron Champ here at this event. Speaking of misprices with Joel Damon, um, I, I have another candidate for a misprice. It's Sam Ryder. Um, he's been playing really good golf, and you know he's a guy that, um, like Gary Kago, like Eric Cole, um, the big miss off the tee is where he can get himself into trouble, and there's no real punishment for that here. Um, and so I do think this is a pretty good spot for Sam Ryder at a price that is very comfortable on DraftKings. Now, getting down the 6K range, I'll be honest, it, it kind of seems pretty bad. But again, the good news is you're getting a no-cut event, so you're going to be getting four rounds out of these guys, um, no matter how poorly they play on Thursday and Friday. So I, I think this is a week where you can take a little bit more chances with these guys here in the 6K range on DraftKings. I certainly wouldn't bet any of them to win the event, but I definitely think you can make a, um, a case that they should be in play in DFS. Hayden Buckley had a fifth place finish here last year, a guy who historically plays better at short golf courses. Matthew Neesmith, ninth place finish here last year, played pretty well at the Shriners last week. Also another guy who historically plays well at shorter golf courses. But a guy who has the best course history here in the 6K range is Mackenzie Hughes. He has a 23rd and a fourth place finish here. Um, haven't really seen a whole lot of them here in this early season though. Now, there are a few local Japanese guys who I think are going to come in very lowly owned that may be worth a dart throw. Maybe if you're trying to squeeze in three, maybe four of those guys up in the 9K range, you can go with one of these um, Japanese guys down here and end up with you know some good salary relief and, a, and maybe a good finish out of them. So um, the first of which is Kaita Nakajima. Um, he's finished 12th and 28th in two appearances here. Ryutaro Nagano was top 20 at the U.S. Open earlier this summer. Um doesn't really have much history here, but hey, if you've got the ability to come top 20 to U.S. Open, you certainly have the ability to come top 20 at the Zozo Championship. And then the last intriguing one to me is Kaito Onishi. Um, 
he's a former highly ranked amateur who primarily plays on the Corn Ferry Tour and is a recent college graduate. So, like, I think he's only in his, like, first year out of college on the Corn Ferry Tour right now. He was 76th here last year, so he has played this event. Obviously, that's not a good finish, 76th out of a field of 78. But he's clearly in a better spot in his career now than he was at this time last year. So I'm kind of willing to buy into that. And and I think he's certainly worth a throw with a, or a dark throw at, you know, um, $6,100 on DraftKings. I was caught in between there saying roll of the dice or in a dart throw, and I was about to say throw of the dart. But yeah, anyway, stumbled over my words a little bit there, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, Kaido Onishi is a guy who is worth a shot in DFS, in my opinion. All right, now, before we talk about one and done, quick reminder, if you want more of me, if you want to know who I am playing in my DFS lineups or maybe some opinions that I don't get to here on the podcast, there are ways you can get more information from me. First, you can follow me on X at Mike's Money Picks. Um, I tweet out the PGA DFS rundown every week, um, highlighting some of the, you know, kind of more um, categor- categorical um, winners um, for the DFS lineups that week. Um, and then also, um, you can also always just reach out to me and ask if I'm playing a guy or not playing a guy. I have no problem answering that question question. Um, I'm also in the Fantasy Corner Discord. We talk about all kinds of sports in there, college football, NFL, golf. Um, There's some MLB players in there, some NBA players in there, but it's a lot of smart people who know what they're doing in DFS, and we're always just bouncing ideas and bouncing plays off each other. Link is in the description. On Wait a minute. This isn't going on YouTube. I'll put the description in the podcast feed, though. And also, last thing is I do write full articles for every PGA um, DFS slate, but I do not write for free. They are on the Patreon. Um, it is $3 a month. I write for every PGA, college football, and NFL slate. Uh, I basically break down my favorite plays, my core plays, um, and then just kind of where I think ownership and strategy is going to go for the week. Patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks if you want to read those. All right, now let's talk one and done real quick. So first off, if your one and done is playing for the full season, Um, I do think this is an event where I would not play the very, very top of the board. Um, If your one and done is just for the fall only, I don't know how many other fall events Xander Shoffley or Kyle Morikawa or Sung JM is going to play. So like fire away. I think those are really good picks. If you're just doing like a little fall swing one and done, you can be as aggressive as you want to be. But if you're playing a full wraparound one and done, I really think there's two plays that stand out to me this week. The first of which is Hideki Matsuyama. We talked about how he's always a WD risk, and there's not really a whole lot of courses on the PGA Tour that I think are a better fit than the um, Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club. So you're getting a guy at his best course fit with very minimal risk for a guy who is normally high risk. Um, and so I think that this would be probably like the easy play is just to you know click in Hideki Matsuyama this week. And, and then you don't have to worry about monitoring his WD chances for any event for the rest of the season. The other play that I really would like, um, I think Minwoo Lee is a really solid play. You know, he's coming off the win on the Asian Tour. He's a guy who doesn't play full-time on the PGA Tour, so you don't necessarily know how many events you're going to get to use him at. Um, But I do think it's a good course fit. He's coming in on good form. And like I said, you don't know how often you're going to get to use him. Um, I would also have no problem rolling with Keegan Bradley or Cam Davis or Ricky Fowler because those are three guys who have good history here who don't exactly, um, you know, have a whole lot of other natural course fits. Sahid Thigal would be another one that I I would feel comfortable playing here, but I probably wouldn't go super far down the board. Um, I mean, it could be a legitimate strategy to go down the board this week, knowing that um, you're getting a guaranteed payday out of somebody. But I just think that this week, you know, especially with the start of the fall season so far, the cream has tended to rise to the top. The best golfers in the field have tended to show out and win the tournaments so far here in the fall. Um, So I probably wouldn't go too deep in, in, in my personal opinion. All right, that does it for 
the Zozo Championship 2023 preview. We broke down the course, and then we talked about the golfers that need to be in your DFS lineups, betting cards, and your one-and-done entry for the week. Hopefully, we're able to give you guys some good information. That will help you win some money this week. Um, Best of luck to everybody this week. Remember, get those lineups and bets in Wednesday night. Um, I believe it's going to... tee off around 6 p.m. Wednesday night. Um, So make sure you get everything done before then. Don't wait. Don't be the person who tries to set your lineup Thursday morning uh, and it's already locked. So um, that is it for this episode, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Best of luck to everybody this week, and I will see you next time. (music) 